Recent Georgetown University research shows people view black girls as young as five as more adult-like than white girls, and this adultification could have major consequences on a girl's life. In schools, U.S. Department of Education data shows black girls are suspended more often than girls of other races, and more often than most boys. And other research shows many of those suspensions are triggered by somewhat subjective acts, like dress code violations. Georgetown researchers also inferred that adultification may also lead to harsher punishments for black girls in court. Black teens are nine times likelier than white teens to receive adult prison sentences. One of the researchers told Newsy any person with decision-making authority over a black girl might be more likely to meet out harsher punishment to a black girl than a white girl if they're viewing that black girl as essentially a mature adult who should be held responsible for their actions. And while it's tricky to know exactly what's going on in the minds of jurors, judges, or law enforcement officials, perceptions may affect case outcomes. But it is clear that for many, the Georgetown researchers' findings are nothing new. The adultification of black girls discussed in the study echoes previous commentary on black girls in our society. Author Monique Morris told The Atlantic, often it's not about what they did, but rather the culture of discipline and punishment that leaves little room for error when one is black and female. Hello, 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 and welcome to another Monday edition of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I'd like to welcome you all here. And if this is your first week, maybe you don't know that we are a show with at least seven co-hosts. So right now, let me go ahead and throw it to my girls and let them introduce your, themselves before we introduce our guests for this week. So go ahead, Lex, go ahead and kick us off. Hi everyone, my name is Lex. I am 17 years old and a senior in the Sacramento area. Hi Trinity, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi everyone, I'm Trinity and I am a junior at Laguna Creek High School here in Elk Grove and I'm glad to be here today. And Janice was ready because she saw something was happening. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Janice. Hi, everybody. I'm Janice. I'm a 14-year-old freshman in the Sacramento area. And you must be cold because I, I think I'm looking at a blanket. Is that what that I is? I say frio. Oh, good Lord. All right, Mariah, say hey. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Mariah, and I'm a 16-year-old junior. All right, and Melissa. Hi, my name is Melissa. I'm a 14-year-old freshman in Southern California. Perfect. And we couldn't have this conversation without at least one gentleman to join us. So please, uh, can we uh, get our, our gentleman? Well, I don't know where he is, but when he decides to log back in, we'll go ahead and kick it to him. Um, so you guys, listen, a lot has been happening this week. As, as usual, people are behaving badly. Um, and so I have found three stories that I want to kind of get your insight on. So if we can kick it to the first story um, and then we'll see what we can come up with. Tamia Williams, a 17-year-old senior, said the landscape and design teacher seemed to focus on black students, saying this about the killing of George Floyd. I hear people whining and crying in Black Lives Matter. But George Floyd was a criminal that was being arrested. Just picked four girls that, you know, they, they were black too. And he told them, like, you know, I want an essay from you guys. But Tamia and her mother say they immediately contacted school officials in the Board of Ed. But the family says they heard nothing back until they contacted News 4. To their surprise, Lotkin was back in class today and again cursing at students, telling Tamia about her refusal to do the essay. You know what, Tamia, don't worry about it. You're full of she was crying and she tells me, Mom, why is it that there is a problem with my skin? The district saying late today an investigation is underway and that Zlotkin was removed from teaching. The teacher will not have access to students or the school as we proceed. We emailed Zlotkin and visited his listed address, even left a message on his voicemail but did not receive a response. 
Trinity. <laughs> you should. I wish yeah. that everybody could have seen your all's faces while that video <laughs> was playing. <laughs> like, I don't even. What you, what you think? It's just, I'm not surprised. I don't know why it took so long for him to be fired. Like after the first incident, something should have been like done. I don't, yeah. <laughs> okay. Melissa, your face is still contorted. What's going on? The audacity. How are you? And this is over Zoom. So how are you talking to someone else's child like that in their own home? Like, I don't even understand where they get, where they feel like they have this privilege. This is not your child. You shouldn't even be talking to your child like that. How do you think that you get to talk to someone else's child about like that? It just, it doesn't make any sense. These teachers are crazy. And he gave out uh, an essay because they, they didn't appreciate his commentary. Um, Lex, I saw you. <laughs> so you doing extra work because you don't appreciate or, or agree? No, I'm just trying to figure out, like, he's so bold. Like, you're black, go write this essay. He's a criminal. Like, you might as well just say to my face, you're racist. Come on. Like, I don't know. Right. That was, you know, it's just, I don't understand how he just goes and he's like, he's a criminal. He's racist. You're black, so you must relate. Go write an essay. Like, is that how people think now? Well, we're going to get into sense. that. <laughs> right. It's def definitely not his first time doing that. Um, Mariah, you want to weigh in or you want to wait to the next Teacher's year? hostility towards black students is just ridiculous at this point. Like, I'm not shocked nor surprised at all by this teacher's reaction. It's just wrong. I feel like we all go through at least one time throughout school. Like, no matter how severe, I feel like we've all been through that. I would agree. I would agree. And uh, studies show that you're not the only ones. So uh, let's move to uh, the next uh, story, please. Finally, you understand what's going on. Wait. Would you put, but, out, out. That's a school principal. No, put your hands down. Hitting a six-year-old with a wooden paddle in front of her mother. We know the name of the woman with the paddle through a report from the Hendry County Sheriff's Office. It says the principal of Central Elementary, Melissa Carter and Cecilia Self, a clerk, are the two women in the video. The school called Tuesday, April 13th, saying her daughter damaged the computer. The fee? $50. In the report, mom says the school also mentioned paddling with her and a deputy present. In the report, the mother says she didn't understand the process correctly. Later that day, she went to the school to pay the fee, and they took her into the principal's office. Saving and taking care of the stuff. You don't keep messing up things. Mom looks around, no cameras. Nerves set in. She hid her cell phone in her purse and pressed record. Henry County School District's policy does not allow corporal punishment. It says, quote, the superintendent shall designate sanctions for the infractions of rules, excluding corporal punishment. In fact, the policy encourages procedures that, quote, do not demean students and do not tend to violate any individual rights constitutionally guaranteed to students. So I know y'all see me fast blinking. Uh, Janice, let, let, let me start with you. Child, Lord Jesus, I'm trying to think of how this mama just gonna sit there and let her baby get paddled. I don't know what type of parents y'all got out there, but my mama and that lady would have scrapped. You think you finna put your hands on her child in front of her? And just do it and like, you're not trying to take your child. You're not trying to get your child out of that situation. You just want to sit there and allow it. Okay, parenting skills, but teacher and principal, why do y'all still have a job? At this point, it, there needs to be some reprimanding, some firing. It's not okay. Like, I don't see how people, I don't see how you could just sit there and do that to a child, especially if the mom came to repair and pay for the damage. I don't understand if the mom... I would attempt to understand if the mom's like, oh, I'm not paying that, or if the child put their hands and physically harmed someone else, but the child broke a computer or damaged a computer. That is inevitable. Literally, that could happen to anybody. Literally. It's ridiculous. Well, and my understanding is that that, that mother was afraid. She apparently is undocumented. Um, she had a problem with the language barrier. And um, she was scared to intervene. So that's why she pushed record. 
Um, and, and my thing is, um, I have a couple questions. Number one, um, did the mom or a student ever agree that if something happened to one of these school computers that they would be liable for it? Um, number two, uh, those those instruments, those those electronics, they have insurance on it through the district. So why is it that you're holding someone liable for for breaking it unless they sign saying that they would be they would agree to be liable? Um, number three, did the mom know that her daughter would have access to this instrument? You know what I mean? So there's a whole lot of assumptions going on, but I don't think common sense prevailed, and I believe they should have been arrested because had a parent done that to their child and they witnessed it, they would have taken that parent into custody. I don't see why any different rules apply here. Um, and they should do that post haste. It's absolutely unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Go ahead, Trinity. Yeah, I'm just gonna say like, I'm also like the district is saying one thing, but the action of the school and the staff in the school is a completely different thing. Like if you don't condone like, you know, just uh, like, you know, De, like dehumanizing a student like that's what the district is saying then why is your why does your staff have the paddle on hand like that like and like go pull up their hands you know pull up their pants bend them over like that's not cool like there needs to be some type of communication between the schools and the district and i feel like that happens with every school district and it's a problem and that's why there things like this happens unfortunately i mean yeah. did y'all see how she was preparing that baby to be hit like the sheer audacity, the sheer nerve, do they do that to their own children or is that type of vitriol only for certain kids? Like, I'm I'm just confused. Who was trying to jump in? Was that Lex? Who was that? Yeah, it was me. I just have to, I have a question. Like, why did they do it in front of the mother in the first place? Was it like a threat? Like, this is what happens to your child when they like dis like misbehave. Like, what was that about? And second of all, I feel like they know what they're doing. You know, they have the paddle. They have them in a room with no cameras. This probably has happened before. They just never had a parent present or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like, like Trinity said, this is probably happening. This has probably been on an ongoing thing. This is just the first time it's actually been recorded. And I feel like people have probably reported it, but they have, you know, there's no proof. So, you know, the district just waves it off. So I feel like this probably is not the first time that has happened. And, yeah, it's sad. And, and I know the mom was saying she sacrificed her daughter so that everybody would know what's going on in the school. Janice? And then I feel like anything could be happening behind closed doors. That is a young girl. Like, that is a little girl at that. And the rates of little children being touched on is it's crazy. So it's just like for you to have a room, no cameras that you bring children in, especially if it's like a principal's office or a counselor's office, like those are rooms where children go to dispute arguments, disagreements, to talk about stuff. So it's just like, there's no cameras in there. So it's just as if they're unprotected. And that isn't okay because Lord knows what could be happening behind closed doors. Lord knows what this school could be doing to children, especially if maybe they didn't have that female staff member on hand what if it was a male member in there like you never know what could be happening and it's crazy how it's just like they don't care like it's like oh well i'm a hater oh well yeah get ready to be paddled well what if there wasn't the mom didn't record what if nobody ever said anything like this will be an ongoing thing and then we probably wouldn't even find out until maybe a rape case spikes and then it's all over the news and then it's a big old issue like it's sad that things have to get this far in order for them to be escalated or put into the light I think like the fact that the the student and the mom are you know undocumented like you said, and they have a language barrier enabled the staff and the deputy and all of them to do what they did because there's like there there's that miscommunication again, and it's unfortunate because it's like the same thing you know that happens like with black students when black parents are literally unaware of things that are going on in schools and because a district fails to communicate to them intentionally and then their students are kind of put into like certain places where their students aren't don't need to be and aren't safe in those spaces like it's ridiculous that that's even like okay and I feel like they're just targeting students who do have those you know those disparities and it sucks like really like I don't know it's sad <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, our last story go ahead and uh, share that one so I could just get a quick uh, within the Rockwood check. school district at the heart of it how race should 
or should not be taught in schools. Some frustrated parents say their children are being taught to feel bad about being white because of the school's adoption of a concept called critical race theory. However, Rockwood administrators say that is not part of their curriculum. It's really what we're trying to do in curriculum is just present various perspectives. We're not saying that we support one or the other. We're just trying to um, engage in conversation about how different people think and how different people may see things. Just because I do not want critical race theory taught to my children in school does not mean that I'm a racist, damn it. Educate people on what you're trying to teach, not, and if, if the, you know, the majority objects to that, then, then don't teach that. Why are y'all weak? Y'all white people is crazy, Lord. You're so crazy. <laughs> I'm so tired of white tears. It's it's getting annoyed at this point. I'm so tired. No, no, no. She, she doesn't said, want her, her kids taught critical race theory. That doesn't mean I'm a racist. Like, sis, obviously it does. Like, baby, if it's a problem to you and it's that serious of a problem, baby, you're racist. And the fact that you're crying about it, sis, you're racist. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You don't want your children taught. You don't want your children taught this, but black kids have to live it every day. You know, it's just, it's, it's annoying. How much you want to bet? She said, I have a white friend after, I mean, a black friend after, after that. So I'm not racist, but I have a black friend. Of course, I can't be racist. I have a black friend. That's not possible for me to be racist. Of course she said that. I mean, I, I just, I just wonder really what's, what's going on in people's heads because for so long we've been taught one side of one sided history in, in our schools. What does she think? Because I, I remember uh, reading the article and they were saying something to the effect of um, we don't want our children to be uh, misinformed or, or taught the wrong, uh, the wrong history. Um, but nobody is saying anything in reverse, right? Because that's what's been happening. We've been learning a real kind of whitewashed version of history where they always come out as the victors and never the victims. So, um, the fact that they held a forum and anybody that had a, a, a different opinion was ushered out, um, I think it's ridiculous. And, and I think that people, again, it's a heart issue and people need to check themselves. Melissa, or who is that, Mariah? What, what it was me. Oh. It's ridiculous because Black kids don't have the luxury of learning the true history, the right history. We have to sit in these classrooms and learn about the Eurocentric view, which is false. It's wrong because it's said from the point of a victor. Like, no, they need to wrap it up. Live, laugh, love. Cause I'm done with that. Cause I'm no. And what do you say to those people who say, um, you know, every student deserves to be seen. And that sounds a lot like ethnic studies to me. Um, but this one, I guess it's Rockwood um, in Missouri. They don't want anything taught that is other than what they have learned growing up, which obviously puts them in a, in, in a certain position. Uh, what do you say to those people who don't want to see anybody else's history but their own? What do you say? I say to y'all that y'all need to check yourselves and check your position in life and check your privilege, honestly, because the way you live, everybody doesn't have the luxury of being able to live so freely so carefreely. So, oh, I don't care about anything. I can just go out and do whatever I want. You're not scared to drive in a car. You're not scared to see a police officer because those are your people. Like, you don't understand until you walk a mile in the shoes of a black man and a black woman, then I don't want to hear the, oh, I don't want my kids to learn about this. I don't want my kids to learn about that. Your kids need to know about that so they're not a racist prick like you are. Simple as that. It's a reality check. Hello, this is real life. They need to know. That's not how it works. You don't just get to look at it from your perspective. You need the 360. You need to know because your kids are going to go around life differently. Obviously, you weren't given that luxury. Give that luxury to your kids because you right now, you looking like you're going down one track. I want your kids to run around the whole track. Okay, you're just wanting the 100. You know, you're going one little leg. We want your kids to go the whole leg. We want them to be able to view the world and go around the world 
with a different perspective and the better one that's going to get them places in life and help them kind of broaden out and, you know, broaden your brain, you know, because obviously there's different ways that other people have to see the world and somebody has to do that. So we're putting that in front of you guys. I think, I don't know, it's just, just look at it differently, maybe, because if anything, it's going to be helping your kids not, not doing anything worse. And it looks like Ms. Charissa says, have you read about the law in California that prohibits black students from getting an assessment uh, to identify their strengths and weaknesses like IQ tests, and it hinders them from getting accurate assessments to get special education support? My son is 14 and was not able to get an appropriate assessment at school because of his race. It's legal to segregate black kids from other races for the purpose of education. Look it up, Larry P. versus Rouse Law. And I did hear about that. Um, you know what? There have been a history of different laws being placed on the books that disproportionately impact Black people, whether they're students or just regular citizens. So that does not strike me um, as uh, surprising. Um, but that I think that, that they used to do the assessments. I'm not sure why they discontinued them, but uh, that's definitely something that we should probably look up as a team. Um, so get into our our topic of today you guys told me that you wanted to do the adultification of black students and i just want to just enter this definition um in it says adultification is a form of dehumanization robbing black children of the very essence of what makes childhood distinct from all other developmental periods in a sense um, adultification contributes to the false narrative that black youth transgressions are intentional and malicious instead of the result of immature decision-making, a key characteristic of childhood. So y'all wanted to talk about this. And so I asked you guys to do some research. So let me just go and, and see what did y'all come up with? Who wants to share something that came up with? Melissa, what'd you come yeah. up with? I can go. Um, so I was reading and it's like the black students in America are the main targets of harsh disciplinary policies. You know, these policies, these policies, just like the actual country, you know, America were made against us so that we are not able to succeed all the way beginning in preschool and kindergarten. Black students in schools that are funded by the state are twice as likely than white and Latino students to be expelled. And it's like, why? Mm. Yeah. I'm, 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 I I don't know <laughs> because I'm trying to figure out figure that out for myself because there there seems to be a problem nationwide of disproportionate discipline on black students and just uh, before I move to the next person let me just say um, some of the key characteristics that I I, I read about it says um, black girls are adultified in the following ways um, it is uh, assumed that they need less nurturing protection support and comfort. Um, that they are more independent, and uh, that they know more about adult topics, including sex. That's what they think of black girls, that you guys are up in here trying to be grown and that you know too much about sex. And then on the flip side, it says uh, an American Psychological Association study of uh, 264 mostly white female uh, undergrads viewed uh, black boys as less innocent beginning at age 10. Um, they overestimated their ages by 4.5 years. That's a long, that's a lot. Um, and it says that uh, the participants of that study also associated blacks with apes. So we got some, I mean, and, and I, I brought that up because we're talking about you know, these are undergrad women who, you know, will be in society. You know, I know y'all heard of the Karen term. They're out here. They're very, very pervasive. And most of our teaching staffs are made up of predominantly white women. And so when you read certain things about how um, the respondents perceive black children, and then these, this is the, the demographic that is in your schools, the disproportionate discipline does not surprise me because this is how you are viewed so what 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 can you share as students um as students on these campuses what can you share about how you are treated 
um, as black uh, female students. And let me go to Trinity first, and then I will um, go ahead and, and pull it around. Um, yeah, so I could definitely speak on like, like the, the, the sexualization, I guess the word is, of black students, because it's happened to me multiple times, whether it's the... Um, um, what are, whether it's a dress code or um, like just students like sexually harassing me walking through the you know walking through the school so I've been dress coded because my legs were too long and my shorts were too short but my legs are just like naturally long my dad's six five I'm five seven so it's like you know and sometimes you can't like a lot of the times long clothes are hard to find but like you know I'm just a kid like I'm 12 I'm 13 my legs are long, I'm growing, like, you know, same thing with the dress, like, if I'm wearing, like, a dress, the normal white girl would wear, like, a little flowered tight dress, whatever, like, same thing, they dress code me for that, and then I have to change, and I have to wear the stupid loners that they gave us, but the white girls are sitting here walking around school with their butt hanging out, and, you know, intentionally wearing crop tops and stuff, and I'm just, like, you know, I'm just a kid, and nobody says anything to them, and then also, like, I feel like, you know, there's been a few instances in my schooling where, like male students that are not black have sexually harassed me in like certain ways like that made me so uncomfortable and the admin at the school have taken it a lot less serious so I would report it and nothing would be escalated until I told my mom and my mom would call the school um so you know and that happened in middle school so it's like you know it's just it and it and then like just walking the streets like there's been times where people like, you know, honk their horn at me. And I'm just like a skinny little tweet, little black girl. So, you know, it's, I don't know. It, it, I mean, I do know, but yeah. It's, yeah. Those uh, are daily experiences. Okay. Uh, Lex, have you been viewed as older than you actually are or um, thought to have the more, be more mature to handle a certain situation? Yeah, um, definitely. I think one of the biggest places was dress code um, because I am a little thicker, I would say. You know, I've always been like, you can't wear those shorts like in PE, you know, they give me like the extra, extra large in shorts or something. Or, you know, they they tell me I couldn't wear my normal clothes and I have to go change or have to wear something from the school because they were like, that's too short. Your legs, you know, what are you doing? Um, and then sometimes in the classroom, not me personally, but my friend who is black, he had a do-rag on and the teacher would be like, take off your do-rag. Why? That's basically a hat. You don't need it. And, you know, it's like, that's not the case, obviously. I mean, we wear do-rags and you know, we wear headscarves. We wear all that for a reason. You know, we're not just out here slumming it out. You know, that's not how it is. And I feel like they don't, they don't understand or they do understand and they choose to like, I feel like it's another way of humiliating us or just mm -hmm. reminding us that we have control over you. We, we can tell you what you can and can't wear, you know? Um, like one of the things, we can't wear bandanas, we can't wear certain colors at our school. And it's like, why? You know, cause they are associating us with that gang, with that kind of like rough and tough, you know, we're gonna beat somebody up at school, you know, bloods and crips, like, you know, even though that's not us, we don't associate with that, but they see our skin color and they're like, oh, you must be, you must be doing this, you must be doing that. And it's mm -hmm. like, we're not, but you know, it's like, you can't go anywhere without them saying, look at that black person over there with their little gang bandana on, you know, they're obviously armed and dangerous or something like that. It's like, yeah, to add on to that, like the do-rag conversation, I think it was like a big thing at Laguna Creek um, for a while, like, or maybe Harriet Eddy, like they, like, oh, you can't wear do-rags, can't wear bonnets, like that type of thing. And as soon as like the white kids, like, or the kids that got perms that are like white or Mexican that got perms started wearing do-rags or trying to get waves or whatever, there was no like conversation about, oh, we can't wear do-rags. And the same thing with bandanas, like, oh, maybe it's like field day or something and the white girls are tying bandanas on their shirt. It was never a problem. But as soon as a black kid came to school with maybe a headscarf bandana on or something like that, it was like, oh, are you, are you affiliated? Or, you know, you need to take that off. I'm calling your parents. Like, you know, you're going to go to OCS, so. Mm. I remember. So you guys, who's, who's talking? Who is that? Melissa. 
Hey, Melissa, go ahead. So there was a, I remember it was Halloween. And so, you know, we're all dressed up and there was this one girl who, and she was a black girl and she had a bandana. I don't remember what she was dressed as, but it was, and Halloween fell on a school day. So we were all dressed up at school and she had a bandana and it was red. And I remember the principal came into the classroom um, and was like, and just looking around and told her that she needed to take it off. And she was like, why? And so we had this whole list that went out the week before that talked about all the things that we could and could not wear for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And apparently it was gang affiliated, like you guys were saying, and it's not. And so it's unfair that, you know, she is dressed up. It's Halloween. You have people who are bringing fake weapons to school and that doesn't, that doesn't classify as against the rules, but a bandana, a piece of cloth does. How? Do you think that there are different rules for you versus that of your counterparts? And I'll go to Mariah. Oh, definitely. I I play softball and rugby. So, you know, the uniforms on that. Uh, freshman year, I was walking with my softball team, you know, predominantly white team. And I got dress coded because my pants were too tight. My softball pants. We were loading the bus to go to a softball game. And they had time to dress code me. But that was the that was the school uniform? Mm-hmm. And you got <laughs> okay. You got dressed exactly. for the school uniform that they gave you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just that disproportionate type of acts. I got dress coded. Maybe, you know, I was like, hmm, are they, like, are they tight? I told my mom, FaceTime her. I was like, mom, are these tight? She's like, Mariah, no. And it's definitely targeted on black girls because, you know, our curves come in a little early. And then I caused our parents to be on the defensive side, like, don't wear that. Don't wear leggings out because you're going to be targeted. Don't wear that jacket is too tight. Don't wear that V-neck shirt. Don't wear that red nail polish because you look grown. And it's like, mm -hmm. you don't let us, black girls aren't deemed to have the luxury of a childhood, to have that childhood innocence because it's taken away from us because we're considered to be older than or yeah. more mature, to be more knowing. And I got dress coded over softball pants that were two sizes too big on me. Like now, now, how did your how did your teammates respond in in that? Uh, they were just like, <laughs> "You got caught up." I was like, "Okay, they're tighter on them." Like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. That's crazy. And so, I just want to let everybody know that we had someone join the conversation, Miss Jada, who leads our Black Girls Support Network. Um, she's going to join the conversation and. <laughs> And I think, uh, did you say you had something to add to the conversation regarding the dress code portion or what was it that you were talking about? Yeah, I just remember me being in high school and um, teachers trying to, and admin trying to send me home for wearing the same, you know, the exercise shorts. Um, and if you have like an oversized tee, it kind of looked like you don't have no pants on, but that's how all the Asians walked around at school with their little vans. And so I, I copied the outfit too. And, uh, I remember them trying to send me home and I'm like, well, if I'm going home, then we're going to go get Mariah. We're going to go get Michelle. We're going to go get all of my friends. Cause we're all going to go home. I'm not going to be the only one going home today. And I just also remember it was, it was a black teacher. <laughs> she was like really hounding our principal to send me home. This was a different time, but it was the same type of instance. And I'm just like, Miss Webb, like, chill out. Like, you black. You would think you on my side, but you're trying to make the Asian principal send me home. And I'm just talking to Tran. I'm, he's like, you're fine. Go to class. Like, thank you for understanding that it's not just me. The people that look like you are walking around here, too, just like this. So why is it the fact that... And I'm not thick, y'all. <laughs> y'all know I ain't thick. So it's like, if I if I, if I I can't wear this, why can they? Why can they? If we're not going to be flat across the board fair, then you're not just going to be harsh on me. So yeah. they couldn't send me home unless we all was going home. And so I know I told you guys about the book, The Push Out, and there were a couple of things in that book that stood out to me. So they were saying things like, uh, well, the author was saying uh, something to the effect of um, that when black girls question their teachers, it seemed more of. Uh, like a challenge instead of you being inquisitive. 
And I'm trying to think why questions trigger people so much. Um, normally, um, just my observation, the only times questions piss people off is when they don't have an answer, right? And so I'm trying to figure out, they were saying that um, because of this, this known, um, like the teachers know or feel that these girls are a certain way, that black girls go into class and they try to adjust. They try to uh, do more um, to, to fit in and, and to achieve in that class so they don't have these, these different stereotypes hooked onto them, um, that they are uh, trying to go for the higher classes, but they're being kept out because I guess back in, in, at some point, you needed a teacher recommendation to get into classes, right? And so I'm looking at all these things and I, this book is a couple of years old and I think the, the latest statistics that I heard referenced in there, I think she was talking about 2013, 2014, um, but not much has changed. And so when, when we're talking about you guys trying to achieve and, you, and you're trying to get to the next level and you're having to deal with people who have attitudes for no reason um, and they think that you're uh, challenging them or questioning them, how does that impact your educational trajectory, we'll say? I have a prime example. So there was this teacher and I was asking him for information about how to transfer a Google Doc into a PDF. And I was curious because he had walked me through it, but we have different type of computers. I was on a MacBook, he was on the school Chromebook. And I was like, okay, well, may you please give me some sort of guidance so I can get there. And he would say, he said, he told me, he said, this is past my knowledge. I am not, I do not qualify as tech support. You're going to have to figure this out on your own. And to me, like when I tell you that, like when I tell you that, like hit a string, it's so irritating because I just felt so helpless and so belittled in that moment. And it was just like the fact that I'm your student and I care enough to ask you how to transfer this document shows how significant I'm taking your class. And the fact that you don't even won't even go an extra one step to help me is very diminishing because it's as if I'm not as a, as enough value or I'm not as value as all at all in your classroom for you to even care. And then it was just more so like and then he just like didn't say anything and then he i asked him again and he was like ignoring me in the chat so i was like sending him three to four chats and then he'll respond and then it was like you know what i don't have time for this so i just logged out of class and i was just mad like i was frustrated i was irritated and i didn't even want to do the work and it's so frustrating because it's just like i care about my grades like i value my education so the fact that i actually am trying and you're not helping me at all it's just ridiculous and it's very diminishing like you feel so helpless and it's just like you're as you're nothing as if you're nothing compared to this teacher yeah um trinity yeah i was just gonna say it's very like janice said it's very belittling like it just doesn't make you want to speak out anymore it doesn't make you like, i don't think people understand how like hard it is because a lot of people know like at my school that i'm like outspoken or whatever like i whatever i hate that but like outspoken like i speak my mind and i talk and i do the activist or advocacy work that they always say like and you know i don't i just feel like it's it's like belittling like when you when when teachers are like when you ask a question it's like oh why are you asking so many questions or then it makes you not want to ask questions anymore or like you know why are you always talking about this certain topic or maybe not even it's that question but it's just like it just doesn't make you it doesn't make you feel empowered like you should like like you should feel like the teachers are supposed to make you feel and how they make the other white kids and the other white girls feel in the class when they ask questions too so yeah. I'm going to use another track analogy, guys. Um, but it's like, you know, we're all running the race. We're all trying to finish school. We're all trying to go to college, you know. But it's like the teachers don't care. And that not caring is like putting a hurdle in the middle of my race. And I have to jump over it while everyone else is just running straight past, you know. But I have to stop. I have to prep. And I have to get ready to jump over that hurdle, which eventually puts me back. And I'm already starting back pretty far compared to everyone else. And, you know, the teachers, by not caring or making it harder for us just to get to where we need to be, whether that's asking questions, whether that's saying we need more help, whether that's just being like, hey, can you help me do this? You know, it's like you're just putting more hurdles into my lane so I can't finish my race. And there's lots of people that don't finish the race at all. 
you know, they go off to prison, you know, they get suspended, you know, things like that happen. And it's like, at the end of the day, we're tired because you obviously don't want us here. So it's like, what are we supposed to do after that? Oh, okay, we're just going to fall into the stereotype and we're going to get suspended and we're going to go to jail. And, but most of us don't want to do that. So it's like, where do we go if our school, if our teachers aren't helping, what are we supposed to do at that point? And it's just frustrating because it feels like no one wants to help. It's like, to me, I see it as like them putting ankle weights. Like I remember having my, my brother give me, giving me ankle weights to run with. So it's just like, we're all running the race and you, you giving me like two pounds worth of ankle weights on my ankles and you expect me to dust all the people in the lanes next to me and they don't have weights and I do. And it's just like, it doesn't work like that. It's so hard. It's like impossible to even attempt to get ahead when we have so much slowing us down. It's like, there's so many strings of pulling us back and it's just like, we're trying to excel. Like, I, when I tell you I try so hard and it's just like I don't see my counterparts going as hard as me but I'm still going and it's just like the teachers it's as if they don't care it's as if they don't notice it I watch uh, an analogy an example my Spanish class I speak out in that class every day I turn my camera on no other kid does that and one other boy he didn't even turn his camera on he spoke up he got extra credit and I'm speaking out every day but this one time this other kid speaks up he gets extra credit for talking and I've been talking the whole past two terms like, are you serious? It's ridiculous. And I actually try. Like I said, at tutoring, I tutor with him every Thursday at 150 just so I can get that extra help because I don't feel like he is pushing me there and I'm getting there and I'm understanding. But this one kid, oh, well, I'm going to speak out today. Then it's just like, okay, well, what about me? I speak out every day and I don't get extra credit for none of that. It's ridiculous. I know these two teachers in me. It was my history social studies teacher and my science teacher. And I'm always asking questions because I, history was never my subject, but I really wanted to try. I really wanted to understand what she was talking about. And so I was always asking questions. And yeah, I don't want to cut you off, love. Some Something was going on with your audio. Try to say what you were saying over. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Is that better? Okay, okay. So I was saying that I know these two teachers hated me. It was my science teacher and my social studies. Your, your computer doesn't want you to be great. So why don't you try to, <laughs> why don't you try to turn off the video and see if we can't. <laughs> Is this better? I think so. Try again. What did you say? Okay. So my social studies and science teacher I was always asking questions and they did not like me. And it was me and this other black girl who were always asking questions and it was us. And, you know, asking questions, they they're targeting you and like, Oh, you're talking too much, you know? And I always got that. Well, I don't understand what you're saying. You're moving really fast during the lesson. And I want to make sure I take these notes so that I can understand and properly do the homework. Because if I don't do the homework correctly, you know, you're going to give me a zero or a low grade. And I want to get a better grade. So I go and try and change my grade, but oh, well, you didn't do this correctly. Well, I didn't understand it. So it's it's a problem because they don't want us to succeed. You know, like Lex said, there's always the hurdle that they want to put. There's always, they always want us to be back. They don't want us to succeed. Mm. I wanted to um, yeah. add something. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not like they don't want us to, it's just our education doesn't hold that much value to them. Because obviously right now you see not all of us are succeeding at a very high rate and nothing's being done. Nothing's happening. We might be complaining, but the district is like, la, 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 la. you know, like nothing's happening. You know, they're going to go value the white people because the white people, when they start failing, people start standing up and being like, hey, we got a problem. We're failing, you know, because they're the ones that have the voice. We don't have a voice down here. So when we're failing or when we go in to ask questions, they're just like, hmm, hmm. You know, they don't really care. They don't need to care because right now we're out here failing and ain't nothing happening, you know. But if if my white counterpart was failing a class and they were like, I need help, I need a tutor, I need everything right now, you know, they'd be they'd be I, I'm on it, I got you, I can tutor these days and these days, you know, um I can give you extra credit, I can give you this, but you know, when we come up there, like Janice said, every day she's always doing something. But that that doesn't matter, just like hmm, okay, you know, we don't care because our Education doesn't hold that much value to them, but if it did, then I guarantee you it would be a different story. But I feel like that's how they feel. 
that's how they go into these situations. And maybe if our education held more value to them, then we'd see a change in the way that they're treating us in schools. I, I, so what? So so what I'm hearing you guys say is the consensus is that you are not valued on your campus and you feel it. Is that what I'm I'm hearing from you? You're not it's valued like, and you feel it. Going somewhere un, every day where you feel unwanted. Basically, it's like going to a place that's banned you and you still go there. It's like they never told you they banned you, but they don't want you there. It's obvious. And it's sad because like EGUSD, you're really failing us as students. El Grove Unified School District, you guys are failing us as students. Like all of you, I feel like it needs to be said because there's no reprimanding. There's no teachers going hard. Listening to all of us talk, it's really sad and it's disappointing. And it's very sickening that we sit here and we have to complain because y'all don't know how to do y'all jobs properly. It's sad. Like, why are you even in that position? I don't see how y'all get paid, especially after our family's tax dollars. Like, like y'all don't need to be here. You guys are failing. Like, you're not doing your jobs right, and you need to be replaced because this is sad. So, so when you talk about, and the topic today is the adultification of Black students, basically how Black students are dehumanized on campus, how they're um, seen as, and I went over the uh, definition earlier, um, it says, uh, is a form, adultification is a form of dehumanization, robbing black children of the very essence of what makes childhood so distinct from any other de developmental period's uh, innocence. It also contributes to the false narrative that black youth's transgressions are intentional and malicious instead of the result of immature decision-making, um, a key characteristic of childhood. So when we're talking about that, and I'm listening to you all talk now, nine times out of 10, when I go to EGUSD, they tell me that they're not hearing from you, right? And my thing is they don't need to hear from you because they hear from me because y'all are telling me because you don't feel comfortable going to tell them. But I digress. What I need from y'all as students in EGSD, the ones who are in EGUSD, um, you need to get on the record. Y'all need to call in during these board meetings and you need to tell them what being a, a black student in their district is really like because they talk to me all the time. And for some reason, they have not made any movement to really do what needs to be done to make sure all students are succeeding in their district and not just the chosen few. So Jada, when we're talking about this and, and you've been in some of those meetings, um, you've been in some of those meetings where we've been talking to different school districts and you know, we'll put it uh, back in Elk Grove's uh, lap because that's where we are located. Um, what, it, what can you tell the students about how they are perceived based on what you've heard from some of the adults that we've talked to? Hmm. I feel like everything that the girls express today is everything that they, that's how they speak about them too. Um, they don't, I feel like they don't really, they, in a way they value education, but they don't value education when it comes to a black child. Um, they don't want you guys to succeed because if you succeed, then you influence your partners, your, your peers to succeed that look like you. Um, I don't really, I don't really understand how, how we are here in this, like in the space where it's a lot of, um, what is it? What am I trying to say? I don't really understand how, they, how we got to a space or, or this space is just entirely against black children. I don't think that if ever, I've really noticed how, um, how much stuff y'all have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, not only from people in your class, like classmates, but from teachers and then not only teachers, but then admin, it's kind of just like, y'all don't catch a break. And so they over expect y'all to like come to them with, I would say respect in a sense when all you, they give you is disrespect. And how do they expect y'all to be nice? How do they expect y'all to like want to even have a conversation with them if they're all they do is constantly feed y'all disrespect? And so my thought, the the thing that came to me when I'm ex while I'm experiencing all of this is like, well, what does a a what kind of program um would give you guys 
make you feel more safe and more comfortable? What does that look like for you on campus? What would it take for you to feel like you are valued on these campuses? Because I think that's just the next step we have to work, work, work with because these teachers, I think they're failing you and not just the teachers, this entire system. Yeah. And before you guys answer that, um, for Maddie, who just made a comment, we're glad that you haven't experienced this. We don't wish anybody to experience this. And if you're at a school where you've never experienced this, great for you. But that's not the um, that's not the experience of many of your counterparts, nor is it the experience of other students nationwide. And this is why we're bringing it in, and we're bringing this conversation to the forefront because it's not the experience of everybody and it should be. So we, we hope that our students get to your level where you've never experienced this at any school. That'd be great, but that's not the reality right now. Um, and so ladies, when, when you listen to people and um, they say that they've never experienced this, um, what, what, would, what would you say to, cause I'm, I'm assuming Maddie is more your age than mine. So Maddie said, I've never, I don't know. I have never experienced this. Does that negate your experience? And take that off. We already saw that. Um, does that negate your experience or your, your version of your experience when somebody gaslights in that way? And not saying that that's what Maddie does, but you know, some of your counterparts do that. Well, that ain't happening to me. So what are y'all complaining about? Right. Mm -hmm. So well, I feel me. like it's a blessing, like God bless your soul. You've never had to experience this because it sucks and it's terrible. But I feel like as long as one of us is being failed in this system, we're all being failed. If one student is still struggling to continue to go on and to hold on to doing and having an education and doing this thing called being a teenager in school, especially in the El Grove Unified School District, because they're crazy out here, then all of y'all are still failing. If one of us is left behind, y'all still struggling. Like nobody, there's going to never be any progression unless y'all want to help all of us. It doesn't matter if one person isn't being treated this way, because if there's four of us still being treated this way, they're still failing. I, I don't care if there's one kid still being treated wrong out of the millions of kids here, they're still failing. We all deserve better. And I feel like to answer Jada's question, something that will make me feel safe on school would be a BYLP, a teacher, a mentor, a counselor, something like that on every school campus, because we need stuff like that. We need people like you guys there because we don't feel safe. And quite frankly, I don't feel comfortable going back. Mm. Oof, don't even, I'm not going back. Mm -mm. But like, I feel like when people gaslight, it just further invalidates black students and dehumanizes us. Cause we're sitting here and um, I know Ms. Learning, like you're a big proponent of us speaking to go to these board meetings, but Trinity and I, we are in these meetings and we're speaking to people and we're screaming and we're yelling. We're like, this is what we we're telling you, we're telling you. Are you talking about the meetings without a microphone that goes on public record that gets memorialized? Are you talking about meetings behind closed doors? Or are you talking about the, the board meetings with, with the people who are in elected position who have a responsibility to make sure you are taken care of? The ones with the people who speak at the board meetings, like our SEC meetings. Like they know our problems. I'm talking about the actual board meetings that happen every other Tuesday at six o'clock at night. Those I ones. I don't know how to submit claims to those. Okay, I'm gonna teach you. I'm gonna teach you. We after this call, um, because I think that because you're doing those things and, and you guys are doing what you can do as teenagers, and I, I really applaud you. But putting it on record at the board meeting now, they can't say that they never heard from you and that they didn't know that there was a problem, right? And so yeah. it's, it's about taking a proactive step. You know, nothing changes overnight, but you can continue to go and continue to put these, these issues on record because if you don't show up and you don't talk as students who are currently impacted by what's going on, if you don't go, Janice, and say you need something like a BYLP on every campus, guess what happens? Y'all must be okay because they're not hearing from you, right? And so how do we change that? We change that by getting y'all hooked in and, and, and making sure that you're not just there one meeting, that you're there until your issue gets mitigated or they do something that you need to be done. That's how. And that goes for every Black student in every school district everywhere. No more closed door meetings. Come put your issue 
on record at the school board because I, I heard last time, I heard Moms Demand Action was in the building. I heard the Elk Grove Parent Coalition was in the building. Um, BYLP is always there making sure that we make the case for you guys, but I need you guys there. Your peers need you there because that's how we make this issue real to everybody else is we put it on record. And uh, I was going to say um, yeah. really fast, like I just, I was thinking about like how teachers, all the names or not names, but the adjectives teachers use to describe black girls and black boys, like, mm -hmm. you know, mature or angry or aggressive or, you know, ask too many questions, all of these, you know, all of these adjectives they used to describe us. I just, especially the angry one, like for a long time, I was like, yeah, I'm not angry, but like reality is like, I'm really angry. I'm really frustrated. And like, I'm, I feel like I have the, I, I know I have the right to be, but all these traumatic experiences that we experience literally from preschool up until 12th grade and then prop, and then for the rest of our lives, like these are all traumatic experiences that mm -hmm. shape us as who we are. So we're so defensive because of the way you guys treat us. We're so angry. We don't feel like speaking up because of the way, you know, you don't empower us by the way you guys like, but by the way, the white staff and the districts and the schools like dehumanize us and belittle us. And it's not just like, oh, we're born this way. We're born, we're born like every other kid in the earth. We just want to have fun. You know, we want to play video games, hang out with our friends. We're the same exact people. But the only difference is, is that you guys treat us different and you shape us different and force us into these situations where we where we feel less than and we where we feel like like just underrepresented and hurt and it, and it sucks because then we have to take these traumas and our parents had to take these traumas well into our adult years and this is why the cycle like keeps continuing because nobody like it just it just keeps happening and the people don't want it. the people who are getting paid to do their stupid job aren't doing a stupid job and it's ridiculous it's like so everything that we that we feel, the reason why we're sitting here screaming at the computer screen about all the things that we've experienced in school is because we've never gotten a chance to speak about them. We've never been we've never been empowered to speak about them or you know, yeah. So geez. Well, I'm glad that y'all feel empowered. I love love to see it. Um, if you guys check the group chat, I just put in the link for public comment for El Grove Unified School District. Tell them you want to make a Zoom public comment and uh, put whatever you want to talk about. And um, I'm going to do the same because nothing changes if nothing changes. If we continue to sit idly by, make sure you share that with your peers, share it with your parents. Let them come through and kind of back you up in what you're saying and what their ex your experience is or has been in this school district. Because again, we're part of your voice but you guys, your voices hold so much weight. Your parents' voices hold so much weight. And if we do it collectively, we can change some things. Jada, you were going to say something? I saw you unmute. Yeah, and I was just um, going to say, um, because I was reading some of the push out as well, and the things, the way that they, how they target black girls is entirely different than the way they target black boys and the black boys are typically the ones that are funneled through the school to prison pipeline and she coined the phrase uh school to confinement and that is the pathway which in which um black girls are in the education system they're um that's that's how they target us so everything that we talked about like the zero tolerance policies um the little stuff about your outfits your hair is a way to not uh invertly send you to prison but it starts the process of that and i feel like that's something that needs to be talked about in the um, board meetings as well which i can make a public comment for but because we always talk about the school to prison pipeline and when we talk about that they kind of just like to focus on you know black boys but we also have to save our black girls too because you guys are so powerful like look at y'all sitting here on this screen talking and y'all do this every monday and these issues that y'all facing your parents had to go through it your grandparents had to go through it and it might have been worse but it's a simple fact that y'all still going through it that's problematic and it needs to be changed and so thank y'all for having me because um yeah i would love to do some more comments for school board 
And let's not just say that it's school to prison pipeline because they also send them to mental hospitals. They send them into group homes. They send them other places, not just the jail or the prisons, right? And so we have to be clear when we're talking about our foster kids, when we're talking about our homeless kids, our students run the gamut, right? There's a whole bunch of issues that our black students are facing and nobody is specifically um, targeting them to make sure some of these issues are mitigated and that's why we need each other. So with that, we've run out of time for today. Thank you for watching Black versus the Board of Education. Again, we appreciate you. Please follow us on Spotify or subscribe uh, to Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to our YouTube, a Black Youth Leadership Project um, on YouTube. So uh, with that, ladies, we're going to hit them with that good wave because it's about that time. One, two, three, hit them with that wave. We'll see y'all next Monday, same time, same bat channel right here uh, from wherever we at. All right.